I speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Shoot all the Blue Jays you want, if you can hit them. But remember, it is a sin to kill a mockingbird. These words were given to Scout and Jim Finch by their father Atticus after he had given them air rifles for Christmas. Scott is confused by these words from her father and so she asks her neighbor, Miss Maudie, what they might mean. Miss Maudie tells her about the mockingbird, how it is innocent and never causes harm to other creatures. Miss Maudie goes on to tell her in her own words that they don't do one thing but sing their hearts out for us. The theme of the Mockingbird appears throughout Harper Lee's novel. Tom Robinson, a man wrongly accused of a heinous crime because he is black, is killed during an attempted escape from prison. Tom Robinson, like the Mockingbird, is innocent, never having caused harm or malice towards another creature. Then there is Boo Radley. Boo is a neighbor of Scout and Jim. Scout and Jim are fascinated and very curious about Boo, while at the same time they are terrified of him. One night they sneak into his yard, hoping to catch a glimpse of him. Nobody in the town seems to know much about Boo beyond rumors of what he looks like and why he stays hidden. At the end of the novel, Scout and Jim are attacked while walking home on a dark night from the school Halloween pageant. The sheriff, Mr. Tate, knows that Boo Radley is the one who killed the perpetrator and saved the children's life. However, he refuses to press charges, saying that doing so would be a sin. Later that night, Scout shares with Atticus that Mr. Tate was right. When he asks her what she means, she replies, Well, it'd be sort of like shooting a mockingbird, wouldn't it? The mockingbird is not only the state bird of Mississippi, but it is a symbol of everything innocent, harmless, and good, not only in Harper Lee's novel, but in our own lives. As Miss Maudie said, they don't do one thing but sing their hearts out for us. To shoot a mockingbird would be to impede upon that which is good. It would be to cast out that which works for the joy and betterment of God's creation. I have seen that joy myself when the mockingbird would appear in my grandmother's yard. Oh look, it's a mocker she would proclaim. I could not help but think of Harper Lee's novel and the Mockingbird when I read today's lectionary. Our Old Testament lesson and our Gospel each gives an account in which good is attempted to be trampled upon. And we see in each of those counts, respectively, Moses and then Jesus reminding us, like Atticus, not to kill a Mockingbird. 
in the Old Testament lesson, Moses is very forthcoming with God, is he not? He lays his burdens down and his cares before God, and God answers him just as God answers us when we place before him the same. So God tells him to gather together 70 elders and assemble them around the tent of meeting. After this was done, the Spirit rested on each of them and they began to prophesy. Soon after, we find two men, Eldad and Medad, who have gone rogue. They were not among the 70 selected that Moses gathered together around the tent of meeting. However, the Spirit rested upon them too, and they prophesied elsewhere in the camp. Seeing this, an unnamed young man and Joshua alert Moses to stop them. They are upset that they are prophesying because they were not a part of Moses' assembly around the tent of meeting. How dare they prophesy outside of that assembly? How dare they prophesy against the instructions that Moses gave? How dare they challenge his authority? Moses recognizes their loyalty to him, but he chides them nonetheless. Leave them alone. They are doing good. If good is being done, why would you want to stop that? What if not just Eldad and Medad were prophesying, but everyone was prophesying? Would you want to stop that as well? Do not shoot a mockingbird. Then again, in the gospel lesson from Mark, the disciple John tells Jesus that he tried to stop someone from casting out demons in Jesus' name. Mark's gospel does not exactly portray the disciples in the most positive light. Many times we see the disciples believing that they have said something good or done something great only for Jesus to burst their bubble and rebuke them. Here we have one of those times. We hardly know anything about the exorcist in the story. And it seems as if John knows nothing of him except that he was not a follower. He was not in Jesus' inner circle as John and the rest of the disciples are. That, in John's mind, is enough to condemn his actions. That is enough for John to take action against him and to try and stop this man from what he is doing. John doesn't know this man's hometown, his occupation, his family origin, or even how he came to know the name of Jesus. He only knows that this person, what he does and who he is, is different. He is different because he is not a follower of Jesus. And that is enough for John to attempt to stop this man although he is doing good. It is enough for John to shoot the mockingbird. Jesus' reply to the disciples is much like Moses' reply to the young man in Joshua. Do not stop him, for he is doing a good thing. Let good be done, for you cannot do good and be against me. Just as you cannot see a body of water without considering the source from which it comes, you likewise cannot see good without considering its source. 
God. God is a source of all goodness and of all good things. This all reminded me of when I went to the bank with some seminary classmates. This was our first year, our junior year. So of all people that some fledgling seminarians would wait in line with was a devout atheist. This atheist had his PhD, so after some not-so-subtle jabs at us for seeking a master's degree, he went on to compare himself to us in other ways. One of those ways struck me then, and it strikes me now, and it has much to do with our readings. This gentleman told us, You all do good. You Christians do good because you are seeking something in return. You do good so that you will be rewarded by God. I do God, I do good with no strings attached. I do good for the betterment of others. I expect nothing in return from either them or God. What I did not say to that gentleman, but I wish I had the chance, is that God is the source of all goodness. All goodness comes from God because God himself is good. You see, what this man fails to see is that when he is doing good, it is God working in him. But that is why he is an atheist. Because he does and sees good, but he knows not where it comes from. He knows not that the source of the good he does is God. Though this man does not believe in God, the good he does must not be stopped because ultimately it is from God. Stopping the good this man does or becoming jealous of it would be like killing a mockingbird. There are many mockingbirds out there. There are those who do good who are not Christian. Let me tell you who they are. There are many, like Boo Radley, Tom Robinson, and the atheists that I met at the bank. They are different from us, but they do good. They are innocent and wouldn't harm a, loving, a living creature. They are Hindus, Buddhists, Jews, atheists, agnostics, and yes, Muslims. They are blacks, immigrants, Asians, and members of the LGBT community. They are Catholics, Baptists, Presbyterians, and Methodists. All of these persons do good, and it is God working in them. It is God working in us. So when you see good being done, no matter who it is, no matter what they look like, do not stop it. Do not be jealous of it or interfere with it. But consider the source of the good being done. And there you will find God, the source of all goodness and of all good things. So shoot all the blue jays you want if you can hit them. But remember, it is a sin to kill a mockingbird. Amen.